Jumbie wants to be born now. My name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And we are the Extra Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to episode 122. And in this episode, we are doing a film from 2009 called The Unborn, which is one, a winter movie. And two, I've been meaning to watch this for a while because it's one of, is this one of your favorite movies or just one that you just enjoy? Or why did you put this on our schedule? It's not a, it's not a favorite, but it's a movie that is very personal to me. So I have talked to you guys before about my baby, Jumbie, my cat for anybody who is new to this. I know that's weird, but he was my son, like deep down. And his name actually came from this movie and he died two years ago. And this is kind of my, my tribute to him. And interestingly enough, another one of my cat's names is in this movie, not from it but there's a character in this name Romy and I also have a Romy in my life as well and also this is your birthday episode happy birthday thank you we did your big 30 last year so now 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 it's just matters (laughs) it's okay mine was 28 so like (laughs) I have lame I guess I guess I have my 30 coming up but like yeah now we have another, you know, 35 will be another big one for you if we're still doing stuff, you know. Yeah, hopefully, maybe. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Are you doing anything for your birthday? Oh, God, no. The fucking coronavirus and my birthday is two days after Christmas. I'm not doing anything. Last year we went to the beach and I got coronavirus. So. <laughs> yeah, and brought it home. So that's Yeah, great. I did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> that was fun, though, you know. But <laughs> minus the yeah. coronavirus signs. Oh side. yeah, no, I was that was miserable <laughs> for like literally months. So you know, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. So was my doctor. So you know, that's great. <laughs> She's finally came out and said, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what you had." So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry that you know we can't hang out, but we can do like a little Zoom thing tonight. Yeah, exactly, know? that'll be nice. Yeah. yeah, we can have like a, a girls' night over zoom i'm down yeah you know so let's hang out for your birthday episode everybody wish chris a happy <laughs> birthday do it right now i'll give you a moment <laughs> do it right now great they all said happy birthday so <laughs> the unborn so this movie is oh my god that's so funny i have the plot pulled up on wikipedia just so i don't forget everything and it hovered over the word babysitting and it said babysitting is temporarily caring for a child <laughs> <laughs> Thank no you. Kidding. Thank you. <laughs> so this is about it's actually I didn't really do the demon movie which <laughs> it actually has some like pretty creepy imagery in it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize how big of a production this was and I also didn't realize that Gary Oldman was in it. Oh, and Masuka from Dexter. Yeah. Showed up as the doctor. I thought you'd be excited about that. Yeah, there's you love Dexter. Actually quite a, a bit of people there's like a lot of people in here that I was like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Idris Elba's in this too. Like, I was like, what the hell, man? There's yeah. people The Gary Oldman one is so interesting because he's this amazing freaking titan of an actor. And he's in this like, not low budget, but low budget horror film type thing, which is such a... I had never watched this movie from a reviewer standpoint, and it was weird to me because I love this movie so much because of its, you know, it's personal to me. But watching these asshole teenagers, I'm like, oh my god, I hate that part. I mean, low budget. It had a sixteen million dollar budget. Yeah, like that's fair. I mean, it had some really cool monsters. It did, and yeah, shit. and it did pull seventy six and a half million at the box office. So. 
I mean, it had a respectable opening. And I think also it was around that good horror time in 2009 where everyone was like, horror was the place to be on dates. And I feel like maybe this is just nostalgia talking. But now, like, yes, well, not now because, you know, we can't go to movies. But even now, like, yeah, horror is fun. I don't know, though, if it's the same where, like, teenagers would just love going to horror movies, whether they liked horror or not, because it was just fun mm-hmm. to, like, get scared together. You know, if you're right. if you're Gen Z or younger, you know, if you're, like, a younger Gen Z and you're still in high school or even, like, super young high school, like, is it still fun to, like, is it the thing to do, like, in your school right. or with your friends to go to horror? Because that's what it was. When, that's what I did. Like yeah. 2009, this was the year after I graduated. So I was in high school, but that's what I did. I went and hung out with friends at The Unborn. And I remember the Raisinets and the popcorn. And it was so much fucking fun. And the whole ambiance of the film, it was great. But I agree. There's yeah. things like, I don't know, Countdown nowadays. Like, is that was that fun for you and your date? Yeah. It's just a make out fest. And, and that's the thing. Like, the 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 horror films have changed a little bit too and it's but then again we also have things coming out like when La Llorona came out that's something that was similar to what was coming out like I'm not saying that it was high quality but I'm not saying the mm-hmm. things we saw were high quality either it was right exactly jump scares and that's what pulled people in and that may still be what they're making films for we're now we're just seeing them from a like reviewing standpoint so it's annoying because we're like (laughs) one out of five you know right I'm not saying this is a one out of five I'm just saying like you know it's just interesting because this is definitely I can't I'm surprised that I missed this one because it did come out around that time when I would have gone in to see it but what was the rating on this one I missed that I feel like it was may have been a 13 right I do not know. I guess if it was R, I probably couldn't have seen it because I was probably 16. I don't know. I may have been 17. I don't know. I was probably only 16. But this movie is about a girl. Her name is Casey. And she is a – she's in college, I want to yes. say. Yeah. Uh, does, but she acts like she's a freshman in high school. She do. Yeah. Uh, and that's what was – They all yeah that's and this is the just kind of a plague with writers in horror they don't know they always seem so disconnected from teenagers right I actually was watching it was funny that we mentioned this because I was going through TikTok the other day and somebody made a one about horror movie writers and teenagers and that they just don't know how to write them (laughs) because they don't they write them very immature and I'm not saying there aren't some that are immature but we don't or I say we I'm almost fucking 30 but they don't just like (laughs) walk around talking like that and even texting like we don't like didn't always like even when I was in high school I wrote out the word you and things like that like you know what I mean right exactly I'm I'm 31 now and you know that was I still remember what it was like to be 15 I was not like that nor were my friends so same yeah, and I'm not saying there aren't some like that, but even when I think back to things like Scream and some of those, I just feel like teenagers are undercut in respect from adults that write them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if they ran scripts by a focus group of teenagers, it would actually be a really great thing to do because they could 
fix it. And I don't just mean like what's modern slang. I just mean like, this isn't actually the way that we talk to each other. So let me take the dialogue that you want to write and what you're trying to say here. And let's rewrite it to the way that we actually talk to each other, because I think that would be a lot more effective and speak to a wider audience because yikes sometimes, (laughs) you know, agreed. And while we're talking about it, I, I wrote down some quotes as examples of why this upset me. So what I wrote was stupid asshole teens. And here's an example. There's a point where our main girl, there's something going on with her eye. It's like changing colors. And she asks her boyfriend to take her to the eye doctor because her dad's not in town and she doesn't want to go by herself. Like that they're going to put the fucking thing on to open your eye, like goddamn clockwork orange. They're going to do all that shit. That's scary. Mm-hmm. And they leave afterwards. She's got these big glasses on and she's leaning into him and they're being all cutesy. And she goes, sorry, I'm a pain in your ass, babe. Are you, are you kidding me? She's not a pain in your ass because you, she needs to go to the doctor. Are you fucking kidding me? If, if she is a pain in your ass, then let's just end this now because that's just being an adult and taking care of somebody in a relationship. Or things like, you're not crazy. You're just a little hormonal. Are you fucking kidding me? Don't ever say that. That's fucked up. Yeah, I agree. And there, and there are just things that like, that are just so it's very exaggerated language over the top things like old timers. Like, come on, man. I didn't, I stopped saying old timers when I was in middle school. A college person is not going to fucking say that. Yeah. It's all timers. Like, come on. They're just, yeah, I, that was, that actually drove me nuts. Yeah, or that you're retarded. Like they just throwing that shit around. And I get that it's it, this was 2009, but seriously, we knew not to say that in 2009. A college student definitely knows not to fucking say that. Yeah, and then I know that there are still people, but we being politically correct is it was still a thing. Like you know not yeah. to say that. Like it's just yeah, it, but and that's even just just do focus groups. Come on. Like (laughs) you have the money. This is universal and rogue. You have the money. Right. You had $60 million. And then it's such a teen horror movie because where are the fucking parents? Where are the fucking parents in this whole thing? Like I get it. Our main girl, she talks about how her dad's going to be out of town. So her boyfriend sleeps over and they have sex. Okay. But he's not there the rest of the fucking movie. I mean, we're assuming this has been at least a week, maybe weeks, maybe months, and her dad's just never home, or her best friend, Romy. Like, we go over to her house at night at one point. Her parents aren't sleeping. Like, she's screaming in the hallway. She's getting attacked by this demon. Nobody's coming running. Where the fuck are her parents? Yeah, and the thing is, like, somebody is going to say, well, they're in college. They don't need to be. That's not the point. They live with their parents. Yeah, they're in these huge, expensive houses. I get it. You just wanted beautiful college people in these big, beautiful houses and you didn't want to deal with the parents i get it but like give some sort of explanation yeah well he's busy he's on business trip okay that's are they all always on business right (laughs) exactly and that's yeah they're like rich white kids okay and i know romy isn't but that's like the vibe that they're you know giving off here it's like yeah exactly it's just yeah so we start this with casey She is running and has this nightmare of this strange dog in this neighborhood and uh, this child with this bright blue eye or these bright blue eyes that has this, this blue glove. And then one night she's babysitting this boy named Maddie, which is her neighbor's son. And they also have an infant daughter and 
she goes upstairs and Maddie is showing the little girl her reflection. And then she's like, Maddie, what are you doing? And she kind of leans down to Maddie and Maddie just whips her with the mirror and tells her Jumbie wants to be born now. And she leaves and she's like, what the fuck? (laughs) And when she's telling her friends about this, Romy tells her that it's bad luck for newborns to see their reflection for at least a year because otherwise they'll die. Okay. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. Not, not the reflection thing. I I don't know anything about that, but Romy is right off the bat made to be this like spiritual person. Like she reads your dreams. She knows like if you're in danger, you're supposed to put a knife under your pillow because it's, you know, supposed to metaphorically cut the, the evil, you know, it's also great because you can cut somebody coming into your room, but she brings up all of those like holistic things. And then at the same time, she's constantly the one going, you're wrong. That, that that's not real. Demons aren't real. You're being crazy right now. And that gets so frustrating. Which side are you on? Are you going to be the one on her side about being, you know, superstitious or not? Yeah, exactly. Like you're her best friend and you're the one helping her along with these feelings. And then towards the end, she's like, no, no, you're being crazy. You need to go into a, an institution. Yeah. Whatever. So she's basically also starting to her eyes are starting to change color. And that is a thing. It's called heterochromia, but it doesn't just like start randomly. Yeah. And I made a note and I was like, oh, I know what all these machines are. <laughs> I thought you'd be excited. There's all this eye doctory stuff. And I was like, that's a slit lamp. That's speculum. That's phoropter. That's a, an ophthalmoscope. That's a retinoscope. I was like, I know all these things. <laughs> I could label this room. <laughs> but they didn't do anything that was really pissing me off. So that was cool. Oh, that's good. Not that it really matters because like, but... No, but it's nice when you're actually in the field and you know that technical stuff to go, yeah, that actually did it right so far. Yeah, like they didn't really <laughs> go into a ton of like technicalities. And so there wasn't a ton to like fuck up with. Right. But then when she comes back from the eye doctor, the baby's dead. So, you know, there's that. So the superstition did carry through. The kid yep. fucking died. So that's really sad, though, because yeah. the mother was like obviously beside herself. But yeah and then she starts seeing things in her like bathroom mirror and i will say that this movie actually had some pretty effective jump scares in my opinion Mm -hmm. because the kid that she's seeing looks pretty scary he's got some like bright blue eyes but he's also very dark and he has a lot of like voids on his face it looks like he almost looks like a black-eyed child but he also at the same time has these like icy blue eyes it's very mm-hmm. interesting looking he's pretty creepy i will say but not he wasn't over the top if that makes right. sense he was just creepy enough i feel like no, i agree yeah and so but at the same time you know that you know she has this medicine cabinet she keeps opening and closing and opening and closing and you're like when's it coming when's it coming when's it coming because <laughs> right. it does come but instead of closing she opens the medicine cabinet and he's in the medicine cabinet so that was a little different which i appreciated because mm-hmm. you kind of get tired of the same trope of closing the yeah. mirror and it's behind you or whatever and right because they do that trope too like he's standing behind her at one point in that mirror so i agree yeah and 
you know, the mirrors have a lot to do with this because the infant saw her reflection in the mirror and he's in the mirror looking at her and comes out of the medicine cabinet, which is behind a mirror. So obviously mirrors are very important here. And even though you know what's going to happen, it's like one of those things where it's still, it's not like some of the newer, not newer films, but like I'm thinking specifically of some of the ones I've seen where you know you're, it's going to be jump scare and it it happens and you're like lame. These actually made me jump. Mm -hmm. She is starting to obviously get super freaked out. So the doctor, the eye doctor had asked her if she was a twin because the eye thing happens a lot in twins. And her father admits that she had a twin brother who died in utero when their umbilical cord got all fucked up and it killed him. And her mother is a big part of this picture because she died of depression, basically, if you know what I mean. And their mother had nicknamed him Jumby. And so immediately she's triggered by that because Maddie said Jumby wants to be born now. And she is starting to really think that this thing that is that she's seeing is a spirit that is haunting her. And she thinks it is her twin. Mm-hmm. In between with her trying to figure out what's going on, she's going through like her mom's old stuff, which is in their basement. And she's finding videos and stuff, but she's also hanging out with her friends. Like we are going out to, we're going out to a club and she doesn't look like she drinks, but I don't know. She must've gotten wasted because she ends up in the bathroom puking her guts out and she gets attacked by this thing again because it starts coming through there's like a hole in the stall and then these bugs just start fucking pouring out of this thing yeah and then she gets freaked out and she's screaming in there and her mom starts walking out of one of these stalls and then her friends come in hearing her screaming and it stops but she's super freaked out at this point like something is literally coming after her yeah and i this is i've talked about this before that's one of my like biggest fears is seeing something and my surroundings changing and nobody believing me and not being so scared and like screaming and looking like a crazy person in a room that looks normal to everyone else like that is terrifying and that fear was born out of emily rose to be honest (laughs) (laughs) and it's even worse for her because her mother went to a a mental institution Mm -hmm. so now she's sitting here going I think something's after me, but am I schizophrenic? What is actually happening to me? Am I going crazy? Am I just going to follow along with her? Which is a totally valid concern because schizophrenia often happens at this age. It doesn't happen. Right. Like it can happen but it, when you're a child, but it, very often on sets when you, a lot of people actually, it happens when they are in college or late high yeah. school. So that's a super valid concern. And when she's going through her mother's stuff, she discovers this woman named Sophie and this woman was in Auschwitz. Yes. And she goes to meet this woman and she's kind of starting to talk to her and she takes her friend with her too, Romy with her. Sophie explains that when she was a child, she had a twin brother, Barto, who died during Nazi experiments. And these experiments, like you literally, you know, the eyes have a lot to do with it. I was also going to ask you how you did with this eye stuff because they're like sticking needles into these kids' I eyes. I look away. Yeah. I look away. But that that comes along with this bright-eyed creature, bright blue-eyed thing that keeps appearing to her. Like that that's what the Nazis wanted was they wanted to figure out how to turn brown eyes blue. Yeah. And 
they thought that twins were the key to a lot of these experiments they were doing. Yeah. And her brother, unfortunately, died. And this, I really like the demonic possession side of this because just like the possession that came out in 2013, I think it was 2013, came out a couple years after this, it's a Dibuk, which is a, a Jewish, Jewish mm-hmm. demon. Exactly. Which is so cool. Yeah, I yeah. agree. It, it's Let's not see the same Catholic, Catholic stuff all o- over and over again. Let's do something a little different. Yep. And... It brought the brother back to life to use as a portal into our world. And she had to kill her own twin to stop the spirit. But now it has latched on to her family because she finds out that Sophie is her grandmother. And it's haunting her family for revenge. And it wants one of them to enter the world. And it had haunted Casey's mother, which is why it drove her to the basically the institution. And she had to basically, trigger warning, but commit suicide. And she basically had basically given in to her fear. And it also is now coming for Casey. She's basically next next up here. (laughs) And when she found out that Casey, she even asked Casey if she was a twin. And when she finds out that this thing is haunting Casey, at first, she basically freaks out and makes Casey leave. And which is pushes Casey into doing her own research. But then she actually has Casey come back. She calls her as that this is really amping up and she's starting to see more things, especially at night. Obviously, all of these possession movies super amp up at night. She gives Casey an amulet for protection and she tells her to destroy all the mirrors and burn the shards. And this is like when if any parent was home, it would be like a big deal. Exactly. <laughs> like her dad's not wondering why all the mirrors are bashed in in the whole fucking house. Yeah. She takes a fucking, I think it's like a sledgehammer or a mallet to all of the mirrors in the house. And like she does what she's supposed to. And she also is told to go to this rabbi, which is Gary Oldman's character who can perform a Jewish exorcism. And it's always interesting to me how these people get refer referrals to these Catholic priests or th- these rabbis. Mm-hmm. It's like, he can help you. And then they go there and they're like, what, who the fuck told you I could help you? What? <laughs> yeah. Like I was actually thinking about, that's my biggest fear. <laughs> I'm, I'm Catholic. I hope that if something like this happens, I can go to my priest and be like, this is what's happening. I need an exorcism and that he won't laugh me out of there. But watching this, I'm sitting there going, great, I'm going to die. <laughs> Got it. I hope this never happens because nobody is coming for me like or like nobody's coming to help me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. And that's what the rabbi does. He's like, you need to leave. And she finds a book about the Dibbuk and the this process and is like, can you just translate it for me then if you're not going to help me? But he's like, does not believe her story at all. And she's like pleading with him and is like, it's life and death. But when he's like looking at this book and trying to translate it, he's something is happening in his temple and he goes in and he sees a dog with its head basically twisted upside down and he tells it to leave. And that's when he's like, okay, now Casey actually asked him about it and he doesn't even fucking fess up to it. He's like, no, it's okay. We're just helping out. Yeah. You got fucking scared. Admit it. You got scared. Yeah. And what's weird to me is demons 
this is, and I know this is movie stuff. I don't think that a Dibok or a demon or something would do that because he doesn't believe and he's not going to get involved if he doesn't believe. So you just made him believe like, exactly. They're not that stupid. They're just going to be quiet and not do anything because I mean, I guess unless you wanted to just like have fun and kill a bunch of people, which is totally fair, but right. Like, I don't know a lot about the Jewish religion, but can they just like drop into the synagogue? Like into the fucking temple. They're just like, can they just do that? I'm here, bitch. I have no <laughs> idea, but he does. It does. Mm-hmm. It it does. And so then, <laughs> he, the rabbi's like, okay, um, yeah, I'm gonna help her. But in the meantime, yeah. Casey is on whatever the she's basically on Facetime or something on her laptop with Romy and Romy had an encounter with Maddie, the little boy down the street and hit, hit him with her car. (laughs) And when she gets out to check on him, she goes around the back of the car and he's like, he'll kill you if you help her. Now, then she calls him like a little shit or something and then drives away. Yeah. Now, if this was us, let's, let's, if this happened to me and that demon was like, he'll kill you if you help her, I'd call you up and be like, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What the fuck is happening to you? Because this demon just told me if I helped you, it was going to kill me and I believe it. So Exactly. And especially for her to already have some of this background, I can't believe that she wouldn't believe that. Yeah. And also, if anything, I just want you to know, if anything was ever like, if you help her, because obviously this child you just hit it with your car and it's totally fine that's a demon bitch that is a demon right. i would believe it 100 percent. like exactly like i don't believe in a lot of like things but like that is proof if you show me proof of something i will believe it like you just that thing rolled over your car and it's just like if you help her it will kill you <laughs> oh but, exactly. okay you have my full permission to not fucking help me like totally fine i totally get it like i do not want you to die i would rather me go through whatever exorcism i have to go through and you'd be alive at the end of it because i cannot live with myself you know what i mean right yeah so there's not what are you going to do anyways honestly right she dies she does yeah that's what she's gonna do at at night in her home with nobody hearing it yep well because they're like on this like facetime thing and she gets a knock at the door and casey's like i don't don't fucking answer that and she does and it is maddie but see this thing keeps jumping around possessing people and it possesses maddie and this poor kid fucking murders romy fucking stabs her stabs the shit out of her and then it jumps into Romy, but Casey and her boyfriend, Mark, go over to Romy's house. They see that Romy's been killed and it moves into Romy's body. They see that it possesses her. They pick up Maddie and Maddie's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, this poor, <laughs> yeah. what, like five maybe? Yeah. Then Mark is like, oh, okay, you're not crazy, which I feel like. Even though we all, I think all you, me, and Connor and Brad are all like skeptics at nature or like at least critical thinkers. Let's maybe not say skeptic. Uh Right. I think if any of us were like, bitch, something's happening to me and I don't think I'm schizophrenic or anything like that. I think it's legitimately spiritual. I think our partners and as friends would be like, oh, bitch, okay, I believe you. No, I totally agree. 
Like, why does it, why do you have to see the fucking demon to believe it? I don't want to see it. I'm trusting you. Like, that's terrifying. I'm sad that you have seen it. I don't want to wait for that. Yeah, like, if I'm literally in tears and terrified and, like, it, I would literally be rocking in a corner terrified. Exactly. Like, you don't, yes, the first thing I would probably do would be to get brain scans and things like that. Right. The first thing I would assume would be that it is internal. Let's say it's neurological. Let's go the rational route first because I don't want to believe that I'm experiencing something demonic, obviously, <laughs> right. because that's the hardest thing to do. The easiest thing to do is take some medication. Right. But when they can't find anything, then I'm going to be absolutely terrified and have to go the route of religion, which I don't even necessarily believe in. So that's literally my worst case scenario because then I have to believe in something I don't believe in. So like then obviously I have to come to terms with the fact that this is real. And so if I told Brad, this is happening to me, I think he would absolutely believe me because he knows that I would have had to come to terms with that first. Agreed. So. Totally agreed. And it's even worse because actually Gary Oldman makes a comment on that. He's like, you don't believe in this stuff. This is not going to work on you. So that's even more terrifying. Well, she fucking does now. Right. <laughs> like, I hate that in all of these movies, nobody believes what's happening to these people that drives. And I know Ever. that's a plot point that they have to get there and they have to see it. And they have to put in this super scary scene that like proves everything. Why? Why can't you just have that friend that's already on board? All right. This is real. Let's fucking handle this shit. And sometimes they do, but it's very rare. You know, yeah. But kudos to those friends because wow <laughs> right but mark now the boyfriend is on board poor Romy's dead and that thing is getting stronger because more people are believing it's killing people and fear is very powerful now let's go back to the grandmother because the poor grandmother oh my god this scene was fucking scary Yes. I, even if it wasn't done well, I wouldn't know because I was so wrapped up in what was happening. Like the special effects could have been garbage and my brain just made it terrifying. So there is a scene in the, I don't know. I don't think she's in an institution. I think she's just in a nursing home. Yeah. And it's a beautiful nursing home. And it is. Lots of stairs for old people to fall down. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and crawl up backwards on their hands. and uh, Yeah. And Fucking scary. I hate when things crawl at you. Ugh. All it does is remind me of the exorcist and makes me want to die. <laughs> so it's coming after her because she told Casey about it. And also she killed the original body that it had. So, like, it fucking hates her. Right. And so it basically takes over this old man in a wheelchair and comes after her grandmother and there's this chase scene and it basically does the exorcist spider walk where it does the bridge you know where it gets on its it bends its back over gets on its hands and feet and crawls around and i was like what but it twists his head around too like that guy is so dead now oh Oh so dead his back is broken his neck is broken yeah oh god it's nasty and now he's just this terrifying, funky monster that's coming after Grandma. And he hides in a closet, and then the thing is behind her, and it's actually pretty spooky. So spooky. Bato screams at her, and then we hear screaming from her, and then she's dead. Dead, dead. And <gasps> yeah. Casey's super upset about it. Like, her best friend is gone, her grandmother's gone, and now she has to go through this exorcism. So... Rabbi agrees to the exorcism. He also brings on an Episcopal priest whose name is Arthur. 
who is Idris Elba. And he's like a pretty big dude. And that's why he's bringing him because like, he's like, okay, he can like be like the muscle and he's also a man of God. So just more basically tools in the toolbox there. And he also has other volunteers because there needed to be 10. And that's just part of the Jewish rite of exorcism. They go to this, the institution that her mother was in. It's now abandoned because they need to go somewhere that's brought her a lot of trauma and negativity. And let's go to a very scary place to do this. Spooky ooky, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so they do, and they get started, and it does not go well. It does not. True facts. Lots of people die. All of them, almost. Pretty much much everyone. They have all these extras, you know, they all die. And the spirit possessed the priest after he, and and this thing is violent. Like one woman, her back just totally. Oh my God. Bent in half. He just like folds her over. Yeah. Like possesses her. Yeah. And the poor priest, man, like he is the only one still praying at this point. Like everyone else is running, scattering, dying. And he's sitting there like praying, hoping that it doesn't kill him, but also trying to keep the fucking exorcism going. And then he gets possessed. Poor guy. He possessed the biggest dude. Yeah. And so now the biggest dude is possessed by the Dibbuk and running after Casey and Mark and starts beating the shit out of him. Yeah. The dip book. Pulls them through a fucking wall. Oh, yeah. Like, damn, that's some strength. Yep. And then Mark gets possessed. And Casey has to stab him in the neck with her amulet. And so Sindak comes back and he and Casey complete the exorcism. And Mark is still possessed. And so they have to, like, push it out of Mark. But basically... It does draw the dead book out, but Mark falls and dies. And so now her boyfriend's dead. Her best friend's dead. Her grandma's dead. Everybody dead. Right. But she's also like, why the fuck did it come for me now? Like, what happened? What was different? Like, I'm an adult. I'm in college. It's not like, what the fuck? Well, she finds out she was pregnant with twins. She's totally preggers. Preg, 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 See, don't do, don't, <laughs> the horror movie rule, don't have sex. Like <laughs> Exactly. Literally, if she had not had sex right in the beginning when she's like, my dad's out of town, let's do it. This wouldn't have been happening. Even in non-slasher movies. Yep. See, more women oppression. Don't have sex. <laughs> <laughs> Demons, slashers, they're all going to get you. Right, exactly. That's the theme. I mean, it's not, but it is. So... <laughs> Yeah, she takes pregnancy tests and she's pregnant with Mark's twins. And as soon, even before she could find out she was pregnant, the Dubik was like, oh, yeah, it's time. Exactly. Which we have gotten pieces because there's like weird dreams she's had where it's like crawling inside her stomach type things. And now we understand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Got it. I think my comment on like the ending of the movie is I think it's so difficult to write a horror movie ending when it's this type of horror movie, like creepy imagery, especially with demon movies is relatively easy to do with the right budget and creative minds. But ending it is so difficult because it has to be effective, but also not lame. And Mm -hmm. especially with exorcism movies, it's so easy to go over the top and make the effects kind of take away from themselves. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And Michael Bay was a producer of this. So interesting. And there were some actiony slow-mo fight scenes <laughs> at the end and it made yeah. a lot of sense to me because I was like what the fuck is happening in some of these and when I saw the credits and it said Michael Bay I was like can you not? <laughs> 
stick to your genre. Yeah, and he's actually involved in quite a few horror movies when I was looking up his credits. And I was like, okay, that's, I didn't know that. And so there were some things. And I always tend to lose possession movies in particular in the end because they have to have this major, major climax. And it has to be loud and it has to be in your face. Because they have to bring this demon to the forefront. But how do they do that? How do they make this thing that's been creeping in the corners and you've been seeing their face and it's been really effective and really scary, but now they have to bring it out and they have to really show you without ruining it. And I think that is so difficult. And so I will give credit where credit is due is like, but I think that that sometimes takes away but I also don't know how I would do it any better so mm-hmm. you know and I'm not saying this one was terrible by any means I don't ne- even necessarily think it was like god awful or even that bad it's just I think that's where a lot of these exorcism movies fail and that's also why I think the exorcist was so effective was because they showed her in the same state pretty much the whole time so in the climax it was basically just her and the demon just winning, you know, and, right. and so you were already just scared the whole time. And so, you know, it's just, that's just all I had to say. I know that's kind of rambly, but it's just kind of about the genre in general yeah. of this like subgenre of horror. I don't have any trivia really on the film, but the trivia that I did grab for you guys is more on the personal side once again. So I wanted to share a little bit about what the name Jumbie means. And obviously, I got it from this movie, but it actually does have more of a background. It actually has multiple meanings. So, Jumbie can mean an evil curse. It's also a West Indian term for a ghost or spirit. And it's a mythological spirit or demon in folklore of some Caribbean countries. That's all I got. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, what would you grade it? You know, I thought it was... It was- creepy enough and it was effective also it was super weird for me because the whole time I was like who the fuck is that actress how the fuck do I know her and she was in house she was one of the doctors in the later seasons of house (laughs) that's why I knew her and she was in Cloverfield that's also how I knew her I would probably give it kind of a middle of the road three I probably wouldn't like watch it a bunch but I also didn't dislike it at all and I also really enjoy the other routes that possession films take and possession films obviously get me more than others so yeah I'd probably give it a three yeah I love this movie mostly just because of nostalgia like not even just because of Jumbie's name in this which you know I I named my cat my son after a you know evil demon in a movie that's like me but not not (laughs) just because of that but because it came out the year after my senior year I was very into horror I was loving it so it was very nostalgic for me I end up watching it every single year so five out of five on that count but as I'm re-watching it as a reviewer definitely three out of five like it I was so upset about the asshole teenagers <laughs> that was a terrible plot point like as I'm watching it I'm sitting here going Kristen how'd you not fucking see that shit before you're like demon <laughs> exactly exactly i'm like oh, jumpy wants to be born now like that's all we care about but which is yeah. it's true i love that that's my favorite fucking quote yeah. of the whole thing because you know that's my life but yeah still three out of five unfortunately on this movie no matter how much i personally love it so writers do better mm-hmm. yeah but you know as far as the spooks go not too bad yeah exactly pretty solid 
Well, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. We hope you're having a great spooky December. I know it's not technically spooky season, but isn't every season spooky season? I mean, <laughs> exactly. you know. if you'd like to hang out with us over on our Patreon, feel free to do so. I mean, we can, I'm not going to stop you. It's patreon.com slash the extra sisters podcast. We have some reviews up there. You can unlock quite a few of them, even just for a dollar. And if you want to unlock all of them, we do have the $5 tier and that's all we got is a $1 tier and a $5 tier. And we of course can find all of our other socials on Facebook and instagram it is the extra sisters podcast and over on twitter it is at the extra sisters and if you would like to email us talk about whatever you want to talk about it is the extra sisters at gmail.com and next time we're almost done with the year we got one more movie for you a road many have traveled but few escape until next time stay creepy